0: Hey y'all, I'm Ricky, And I'm Kamisha. And this is Woman to Woman, a gender leadership podcast.
1: Topic for this week is representation for women of color in the media. It's 2019, y'all, so we had to switch things up. Me and Ricky had a chance to be interviewed by two women of color students who led us into an interesting conversation about the representation for women of color in the media.
0: So how often do you see minorities represented on TV? Not that often, but when you do is basically stereotypical aspects and the characters um, are huge examples of women that are victims of superwoman syndrome. But in order to assess female representation in the media, many scholars have created studies and benchmarks to analyze the depiction of female characters. The Bechdel test is one of the simplest tests that measures gender gaps in film. The test asks both creators and viewers to answer three simple questions. Are there two named women in it? Do they talk to each other? And do they talk about something other than a man?
1: As the Bechdel test has grown in popularity since its creation in 1985, People of color have created their own test to assess representation. The Race Spectral test assesses the presence of characters of color in the media through these three questions. Are there two or more named people of color? Do they talk to each other? And do they talk about something other than white people?
2: episode is
3: sponsored by the American Association of University Women, the nation's leading voice promoting equity and education for women and girls. Since their founding in 1881, AAUW members have examined and taken positions on the fundamental issues of the day, educational, social, economic, and political. Thank you, AAUW.
2: So, my name is Lacia Seton. I'm a global studies major um, with minors in philosophy and women and gender studies. Um, and I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina. And my name is Brianna Patterson. I'm a psychology
3: major on a pre-med track with a double minor in chemistry and Spanish for the professions. And
2: I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Nice,
1: nice. Thank you.
2: How often do you see women that look like you or act like you, dress like you, um, in the media?
1: Mm. I can't say it's often at all. Yeah. Well, I like to think
0: of myself as a curvy person. <laughs> so I was like, it's just, it's in style mm-hmm. right now. So
3: yeah,
0: I might not have saw myself three years ago, but now I'm like, oh, okay, Beyonce, she's cool. <laughs> I guess that's like a similarity, but it's like, this is still like, okay, but if you don't have her hair, if you don't have her eyes, you can, this is representation as a brown woman, but it's not my body
2: image mm-hmm. yeah and even like looking at Beyonce, like if you look at her progression photos, it's like her hair got lighter and lighter, mm-hmm. like every two years, right. and it was just like, okay, like is is dark hair not is not is it not beautiful? Mm-hmm. Um, and I see her more so now wearing like um, like curly hair and things like that, and wearing her natural hair. But for the longest, all I saw was straight hair Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I never saw a Beyonce that had like any type of curly anything. Which, of course, is conducive to the culture Mm -hmm. and um, her trying to make her money and trying to sell Mm -hmm. her her albums and her music. So as far as seeing women that look and act like me, I think I would still have to go back to like those old TV shows Mm -hmm. like the Parkers and Moesha and things like that, because that's when I really saw like people that were from like the neighborhoods that I was Mm -hmm. from and like um, the Parkers, you know, they weren't well off, but they also weren't like struggling all the time. Right. Um, And they were around like the type of people that they were around in the conversations that they would have was the conversations that I would have like with my parents and Mm -hmm. with my friends at the time. And I feel like you don't get a lot of that Mm -hmm. now. I feel like It's almost like you kind of have to tone it down Mm -hmm. in order for it to sell to, like, these big businesses like HBO and Netflix and things like that. Like, it can't be too much. It has to be, like, just enough for it Mm -hmm. to sell. I agree with that, too.
3: Although you do see women of color, like, in lead roles, like we were talking about with how to get away with murder and, like, scandal, it's like they're not necessarily in a role that kind of relates to you although it is good to like have someone who's like oh like this is a lawyer who's like on her stuff like you know some someone to look up to um and then same thing with like scandal and like characters on Grey's Anatomy it's like okay these are people you like would look up to but then also where are the people who are like me who Mm -hmm. are in the same position Mm -hmm. as me so it's like I feel like we need more of a mix of not just women of color in, like, these high positions where it's, like, okay, like, now I see someone, I know I can achieve that. Mm -hmm. But also just in, like,
1: my reality Mm -hmm. as well. I guess, too, to throw it back to the 90s, because that's a lot where my style comes from, where I, like, wear chokers and Mm -hmm. all this other stuff. But then the music then, it was was always popping. So I think being able to see those girl groups – and that was, like, something big for me. Mm-hmm. And then I got I got to be a fan of Aaliyah. And I felt like she kind of embodied, I guess, most of what, I guess, my style and everything else is today. So, mm-hmm. But now it's, like, yeah, it's super rare to find somebody that is anywhere close to being like me, I guess.
0: Yeah. I guess what I, like, reasoning behind, like, why people aren't as real anymore is because everybody has the idea of, like, we're in a sensitive age. So anything mm. can offend anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we don't want to have a Moisha acting like how she's acting like that. Like, okay. But I relate to that. Like, that's yeah. actually, that's exactly. real, especially mm-hmm. in the, the time span that this was happening. It was like that. Yeah. But it's like, okay, but if I produce something like that today, so not so anybody's so like that exactly. anymore. So yeah. why would they produce it? Why are they still showing it? That's yeah. not appropriate. Yeah. But... Some people are requesting to see it. Yeah,
2: exactly. So, um, this is kind of not necessarily off topic, but a little bit different than what we've been talking about. But, how often do y'all see shows step out of like a gender binary? Um, so, just mm-hmm. like not just um, man and woman, but like um, representation of like um, transgender folks, or like even like representation of like. Um, different sexualities like non
0: heterosexual
2: mm-hmm. um, couples or relationships and things like that. Like how often do y'all see
0: that in the media? I feel like yet again this is going towards like something that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. A show that's called Lost Girl. It's basically this woman is like a mythical type item, and it's just like she's with anything mm-hmm. or anybody. It's hard to think about some with like for people of color, mm-hmm. but I also watch Star. And so I was like, there's one character that's like transgender, but it's like the first two seasons kind of focused on her process. Mm -hmm. And it was like at one point they made her revert to being a man or dressing up like that for a certain scene. And all I could think was like, why would you do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what qualified that for being okay? Mm -hmm. Just to be like, oh, we need you to do this for this scene. Yeah. But I think the first representation that I saw for... Um, a transgender transgender person of color was Orange is the New Black.
2: Yes. And I think like the more we see people of color in these like executive positions the more we'll get a more accurate representation of mm-hmm. minorities in the media. Um, Because when you think of like um, Shonda Rhimes or like Tyler Perry mm-hmm. or even like um, Whoopi Goldberg like mm-hmm. her being in movies and producing and being the director like it's really beneficial and influential the fact that they're able to ac- accurately represent mm-hmm. um like uh, I don't want to say like all women of color because mm-hmm. of course them, mm-hmm. those are all African-American women but um black women and just like the fact that there is not a white man or a white woman writing our script right. is, is mm-hmm. for us by us but I also feel like it's kind of hard for minority uh, minorities in general to sell things about like, where they come from or Mm -hmm. who they are or about other minorities. Because at the end of the day, you have to sell to producers and um, Mm -hmm. owners who are majority white. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, okay, so I have to tweak this about this Black or um, Latinx or Asian character to fit this mold Mm -hmm. so that I can Mm -hmm. sell it um, and pitch it to you so that you can produce or you can put on Mm -hmm. my television show or my movie or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's always, in a sense, going to be, like, flawed when there isn't a lot of representation um, of minorities, like, in those higher up and executive Mm -hmm. positions. All I can
0: think is, like, nobody's going to sit there and let you call them racist and say, I'm trying to produce this movie that's going to call you racist and be like,
2: all right,
0: let's do it. (laughs) Exactly. They're going to be like, um, I don't like that. (laughs) Exactly. I don't like what's happening. It's like, they're not going to say... You calling me out they're gonna be yeah. like I don't think that's appropriate I don't think it'll sell well yeah that's not exactly. where we're trying to go yeah
3: but it's even crazier when you think about it because it's like movies that are like that are the ones that sell the most mm-hmm. like if you think like when you think of Jordan Peele just straight mm-hmm. off the bat get out was like crazy like a moneymaker movie and i don't i feel like he probably didn't even expect that you know but it was just like the message that was being portrayed Mm -hmm. and like the way that he did it it was just like wow like like you really did this and even with his us um movie too like it's just crazy when you see like you have black people in these higher positions and they're able to produce these movies or tv shows that are able to make all of this money Yet you still see such a small percentage mm-hmm. of them in those positions. And it's just like, I feel like it just has to do with maintaining that hierarchy system.
1: Enjoy the podcast. Have comments, questions, or concerns. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at UNC Women of Worth. That's UNC W O M X N of Worth. We here at the Women of Worth Initiative create and sustain a community for women of color and women who identify as members of underrepresented racial ethnic populations that will promote academic success, holistic student wellness and success, identity development, and sisterhood at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Go Hills!
2: So we're going to talk about the Bechtel test. So it's, it was initially used to assess female representation in the media. Um, so they asked three simple questions for television shows and movies and things like that um, to see, you know, how many uh, how women were represented in these um, in these shows and films. So just think to yourself quietly, count on your hand. How many shows have two women in it that have like a major role? Do they talk to each other? Do they talk? Um, Do they talk about something other than a man and how many shows don't fit that mold? I think I'm having the most trouble with the, do they talk about something other than a man? Yeah, right. (laughs) Because it's like, yes, they talk about other things than men, but men play a large part in their conversations. Or like, they end up talking about a man at some point. Exactly. It's, like, yeah. it's not just... Yeah. Like, even one of my... I'll, I'll keep going back to this show, um, The Parkers. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, there are two women. There's a mom and a daughter. They talk to each other all the time. Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking about Miss Parker. Every every episode is, hey, mm-hmm. Professor Ogilvie. <laughs> every episode. And it's just like... There's the like, there's this idea that she's like chasing him, mm-hmm. and her whole life is centered around this mm-hmm. man. I can't even think of shows that aren't that they don't even talk about like men at all. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a major part or portion of their
3: conversation. Even with the Parker specifically, like if you don't remember anything from that show, yeah, that you you'll remember, remember that <laughs> obsession <with> exactly. It. <laughs> I don't know why, but
0: I was thinking about Grey's Anatomy. The two brown women, okay, no, there's three. There's three? No, there's four. And then I was like, okay, dang, they really don't talk to each other. Yeah. Like, they're there. They do not (laughs) talk to each other. Wow. (laughs) They don't. I cannot believe. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, I'm going to make her the most important person in her little group. Exactly. But I'm not going to put all of them together. But why not? But now it's like the way their characters are set up they don't collide much like they have nothing to talk about
2: yeah and even the most recent film that I was watching which is All American it's a newer show on Netflix and I'm thinking about it and the two main women of color actually don't talk because of a man and Mm -hmm. it's just like I mean can it get more stereotypical than that like can it please (sighs)
0: so alas (laughs) We talked a lot about gender representation of women of color, Mm -hmm. um, like powerful women and everything. So I guess just our last question is tying it all back into the gender leadership gap. Why is addressing the gender leadership gap important to you?
2: I think there are multiple reasons. They're all in different sectors like an economic standpoint Mm -hmm. men generally get paid more than women Mm -hmm. um there's a inequality in wages um based on gender and then when you look at um representation in the government like yeah now we have more so minority women Mm -hmm. a handful maybe um and women in general but you know, a couple years back and way before that, it was like 80 to 100 percent white men. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's this gap when you look at reproductive rights, um, because there are not women that are able to speak towards, you know, the things that women go through when they are reproducing. They're able to pass bills that restrict the women's bodies the double standards um Mm. um in men and women like even just applying it to on campus I feel like as a black woman I have to do 10 times more Mm -hmm. than the average just to even get noticed or Mm -hmm. um even like get acknowledgement and not saying that that's the only thing that I strive for but since there are so many of us there's just this atmosphere of doing and being and Mm -hmm. you know you got to get the highest grades in order to to be on an application and then you Mm got to be a trophy like a model Mm -hmm. of everything that you've ever been through and every struggle um so yeah i think as far as addressing it it's more than just like equality it's equity it's, it's years and years and years of us being on a different playing field than men, right. um, using women's bodies for systems such as capitalism, using women's bodies for slavery and things mm. like that, uh, for, for prostitute, forced prostitution. All of these factors combined into the past, present and the future. Right. And so how can how can we exist in a world that is free in every aspect without addressing the gap, like the gender gap. How Mm -hmm. can we live and be women and be able to live autonomously without addressing that there is a gap between our counterparts? So it's hard for me to just to just simplify it. (laughs) (laughs) There are just so many. It's important because it needs to be talked about. It's a whole system. There are so many, like, it's a system within a system, within another system. There are just so many. Mm -hmm. It's so important. How could you not talk about it? (laughs) Exactly.
3: So much to unpack. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just a lot. And like, kind of just going off of what you were saying, especially with like the political part of it. Like, I just think that Closing that gap, or at least trying to, is just super important because women are people too, you Mm -hmm. know? And, like, with the way that society has been set up where it's like, oh, men are, like, better than, like, you know, women have to work harder, um, it kind of just makes you feel inferior. And it's just, like, that's not the case. And in order for us to, like, get what we want and to feel um, empowered, like, you have to have people in higher positions but then it's also like well how do you get there when mm-hmm. it's like male dominated mm-hmm. you know I just think addressing it is just so important because it's like it affects everyone or at least every woman's like daily lives when mm-hmm. it comes to certain things and it's like men don't have all the answers mm-hmm. you can't always rely on men just because you think that they know it's like no we know too I don't know where y'all got this idea from <laughs> right. you know especially but-
0: when they can tell me about my reproductive rights exactly <laughs>
3: Exactly. And like when I saw this question, that's like one of the first things I thought about because it it makes me so mad when I see like laws and things being passed about like, oh, no more Planned Parenthood, no more this, no more that. You can't have abortions. And it's just like, who are you to tell me what to do with my body? You're not the one carrying the child. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, but then if I have this child and then I'm not able to take care of it now, it's you shouldn't have done... You know, you shouldn't
1: have yeah, done it. Yeah, you're your, negligent. Yeah, and, and it's all just like...
3: Your fault. Who are you to tell me what to do with my mm-hmm. body when you're not even experience, experience it at all?
2: Mm-hmm. Like...
3: There's no chance for you to
0: experience exactly, it.
2: Exactly. Like, as far as addressing it, like, that's literally like the beginning stage, like right. just the fact that we're acknowledging it, because mm-hmm. I feel like we're still, even though we've been fighting for like gender equality for decades, like we've been through three waves of feminism. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're like here where we are now, where there are still people that are denying that there is an inequality mm-hmm. between genders. Um, but there is so much evidence, whether, whether it's through lived experience, whether it's through empirical data research, there's so many things that point to this inequality and i feel like the least you can do is acknowledge it Uh and the least you can do is talk about it to evoke change Mm -hmm. i mean that's where that's where change starts is just like making it plain on the table like this is this is where we are um and this is where we want to be you know how do we get there
3: Thanks again to our guests, Laisha Seaton and Brianna Patterson. This episode is produced by Ricky Head, Abby Murray, Kamisha Chalmers, and Karami Baugh. Our executive producer is Erica Wallace. And today, I'll leave you with a quote by Lovely Ajayi, an author, activist, and co-founder of the Red Pump Project. So that is what is at stake. It is expensive to be quiet sometimes. It costs us more to be quiet than it does to speak up. Our next episode is unfortunately our final one and it'll feature testimonies from participants of our spring conference. Don't miss out.